Welcome to the Essence of Health Tea Time Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shayla Toons-Withers. As a double board certified family and obesity medicine physician with over 12 years of experience in medicine, I teach motivated individuals how to achieve their desired quality of life while preventing and reversing chronic diseases. It's tea time. What part of your health journey is most challenging? Is it the actual effort of sticking to a plan? The cooking and the meal planning? The exercise routine? Not enough time for everything you think you need to do? Or the confusion of it all? If you said yes to any of these obstacles, then keep listening to learn how you can smash these problems just by checking your email. You check your email inbox every day already, but what if checking your inbox brought you better health instead of the stress it sometimes can bring? Well, I have news for you. You can improve your health, get a jump start on improving your health conditions, and start to feel like a better version of you just by checking your email inbox over the next five days when you join the free Nourish and Flourish five-day challenge. You'll get health tips, actionable videos, a goal and habit tracker, and healthy recipes every day for five days. Better health is the best investment you'll ever make, and this is only a small investment of your time. You have nothing to lose but everything to gain. The Nourish and Flourish five-day challenge was designed to set the foundation for healthy habits for life. Say yes to yourself today and sign up now at drshayla.com forward slash NF challenge. I'll also place these details in the show notes. The essence of health is in you. See you in your inbox. On today's episode of the Essence of Health Tea Time podcast, I have a special guest, Dr. Jeff Crippen. Dr. Jeff is a chiropractor, nutritionist, and coach who enjoys helping others unlock their true potential. For the last decade, Dr. Jeff has helped clients both through chiropractic care and nutrition at his wellness clinic in St. Joe, Texas, as well as through individualized mindset coaching with Advanced Coaching and Leadership Center. He is also a published author of the book, Timeless Youth, which contains five key principles that his practice and his life are built on today. I'm happy to have Dr. Jeff on the show as we discuss more about holistic wellness. So thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Jeff. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Shayla. Pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, yeah. So being a holistic healthcare provider, what are some of the common concerns you encounter when one is challenged with the condition of obesity? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think you've you've talked about this on your podcast. You brought up some great guests that talk about a lot of those elements because really there's a lot of pieces of it. But I think one of the biggest things I would say is just confusion on the topic, right? I mean, it's the, the like weight loss industry is a huge industry. And I think weight loss books alone, it could be like, you know, there's, there's, there's topics coming out every month on what exactly it takes. And one book, as you, as you know, contrad books another, and then there's different schools of thought. So it's just the confusion. And then, so I'd say that's one step. And then I think the second step is, or the second thing is really most patients have tried to lose weight if, mm-hmm. if they've tried that. And then most of them have failed or had a bad experience at some point. So it's kind of like you're touching the hot stove and you have to, you have to find out 
what worked for them in the past, but also what hasn't worked for the past and be understanding of what they already have tried and what they've gone through. When we work through it, um, you know, I think there's a couple systems and, and principles that we think through. One is um, certainly, you know, we'll work through cleaning up the liver and detoxifying. Certainly toxicity can be a barrier for weight loss. Second one is we'll work through, um, you know, balance of sugar, carbohydrates, fruits, fructose consumption, as those can be triggers for them. Uh, we can look at the stressor of allergies and how that can affect, whether it's food or environmental. We can work through thyroid support, you know, taking a look at what those numbers are, or using blood work as a really good guide for that. And, you know, not just looking at just those numbers, but actually putting those into wellness ranges. And then I think, obviously, you have to look at blood sugar, insulin sensitivity, and adrenal balance and kind of stress kind of gets into those. So there's kind of different buckets we'll work through and we'll work with people kind of step by step, depending on where that is. Um, and obviously diet, sugar, um, you know, carbohydrate, and then, and then, you know, kind of the importance of protein can be really important, especially, uh, especially glutamine can be really helpful in that process. So kind of working through those, those things, but as you know, as you kind of talk about, you need a system because most patients come in confused and most patients come in having tried something and failed before. So those are a couple barriers I find that are really important to handle right at the beginning and give them some positive momentum, like help them win, help them get some success early because that makes it easier to develop those positive habits. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm glad you touched on just a variety of those factors because yeah. what we know, you know, about obesity and about weight loss is that there is no one size fits all type of, you know, sure. dynamic that goes on. I'm not sure how long you've been practicing, Dr. Jeff, but I've been practicing for well over a decade now. And I know even what I was taught in medical school about weight maintenance and those factors versus what we now know in the world of, you know, clinical obesity and, and weight management is even so much different, you know, just in that time frame. And, and we know that it's so much more complex even than just that calories out, calories in and all that, you know, all these yeah. other kind of crash diets and things that people have tried over the years. Just out of curiosity, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen over that, those 10 years in practice? Yeah. You know, even I will say just even that one, you know, for so long, we were just telling people, well, if you outwork the number of calories sure. you consume, you know, yeah. <laughs> then everything will be great. So then you have people, you know, I always use the analogy, for instance, like those little 100 calorie pack things. So, uh -huh. you know, yeah, you can say I'm going to consume a 1200 calorie diet and you can go eat 12 of those 100 calorie pack of Oreos, for instance, but sure. you're not going to be very well nourished sure. <laughs> you know, in doing that. And you're probably going to be hungry versus if you yeah. ate 1200 calories of some other type of food. So, you know, I love using that just as one example of how it's not as, sim you know, simplistic as just that calories out, calories in, or we're just going to match this calorie count kind of deal. Yeah. You know, I think that's great because obviously what you're explaining there with that example is all calories aren't created equal, exactly. right? Which is a, which is a hundred percent true. And then I think what you're also alluding to there, which is like, you know, what also has to be looked at is what controls how many calories the body's burns or that mm -hmm. basal metabolic rate, exactly. right? Because there's some people who can be on a very calorie restricted kind of diet and not lose weight, yep. <laughs> right? And then it's not just a calorie issue. Um, and most of most of what we do actually don't spend a lot of time on, on calories to spend a, uh, probably that's maybe less than 10 or 15%. 
of kind of how we look at it. It's much more on the quality of foods and mm-hmm. the types of foods and start, starting that way. And I was going to say the second part, then just connected to that is, you know, looking at what controls that basal metabolic rate and obviously thyroid, which you talked about on your last podcast is important. Yeah. Um, but even, pituit- even pituitary and hypothalamus, the two glands that kind of are just a, just senior to that the thyroid and kind of help regulate thyroid function are really, are really important that what I found regulators of that metabolic basal metabolic rate are basically how much, how many calories are you burning on a daily basis? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So it is it's just so complex. Now, I often share with my patients the concept of food as medicine, where we can use food to heal, uh, then introduce to them the fact that food can also cause some health challenges by sure. disease, even, you know, like talking about those 1200, those 12 calorie pack, 100 calorie yeah. pack type of deal. And so I know that you also promote a focus on helpful nutrition within the care that you provide. So how does stress and trauma even play a part in our food choices and our want to eat even beyond that point of fullness? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I think it's really important. I think it's kind of what you're asking with that question. The answer is very important because, you know, when you ask someone about when you're stressed, do you typically reach for like kale and a turkey burger? Right. Right. No, you're no, reaching for those, the, you're reaching for those hundred calories packs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you're reaching for the whole box of them or the milkshake, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, one of the things listening to your podcast and talking to you, you're trying to get people outside kind of that simple paradigm of calories in calories out equals weight loss. Right. And because obviously there's a lot of flaws in that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's some, there's some truth to it, but there's a lot of flaws and it, it excludes a lot of factors. And I think that one right there about looking at the person as a whole person, as an individual person and recognizing how stress uh, affects them is a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And now we know that, you know, there's more evidence that's come about within medical literature. You know, we talked about how just even in the field of medicine, things have changed so much over the years. And one of those things we know is with our childhood environment and experience and how those things play a part in the health challenges that we face. So as someone I know, you know, when you and I met and we chatted, you share openly a lot about your childhood health experience. So if you can just share a bit of that with your story, and then your thoughts and findings on how that childhood stress and trauma can contribute to weight gain and unhealthy nutrition practices. Yeah, sure. So, um, so a little bit about my story. So I'm a, as you mentioned, I'm a chiropractor and a naturopath. And the way I got into this is um, actually I had really no interest in getting into healthcare. This kind of felt like it was kind of the road just kind of took me there and how that, how that kind of fork in my life started was at, at around age six. I started to get some headaches and then I did, you know, what I knew to do, what my family knew to do, which is you go to the, you go to the pediatrician and you start with some, you know, over the counter, you know, some children's Tylenol, some children's Motrin and, and then the headaches continued to get worse. So started on some little stronger ibuprofen and eventually got on some prescription pain relievers and muscle relaxers and headache preventatives. And, um, Imitrex was a big, you know, some of this class of, I think it's tryptophans or tryptans, which is yeah. a headache class that came out in the early nineties. That was really mm-hmm. popular. So you start working through and then did low dose antidepressants as a preventative anyway, work through a series of different, different prescription drugs. And what I felt is my headaches keep getting worse and worse throughout the whole thing. So, um, obviously I got frustrated <laughs> 
you know, and it just, you're just building up and it says like, it feels like what I thought would work wasn't working. So at its worst, I had a headache for two years. So every moment, every day, nonstop for two years. So it builds up a lot of frustration um, over that time. And finally, you know, at its lowest point, I just decided I can't go on living like this. Like, I'm not going to continue to suffer through this. And either I'm going to figure out what's going on, or I didn't really want to think what the other option was. Right. But it was like, I just got to figure this out. So I started searching into the head of the first question and start reading about it. And you start trying stuff and start testing and measuring. And, you know, you read one book and then you read another book that contradicts the first book. And then you read a blog. And then, you know, this is kind of before podcast. Yeah. Um, about 20 years ago, but, you know, certainly reading and studying and trying to figure things out and just kind of sorting through that confusion. So what I eventually found was just I rebuilt my body with whole food nutrition you know, starting from the ground up and then did specific kind of specific kind of supplements to help rebuild my body. But, um, and initially what that entailed was cutting out sugar, cutting out dairy at the time. And, um, you know, now for most people, I would say that's cutting out processed refined grains, processed wheat would be the kind of the three big things to kind of three levers to pull there just in terms of calming down inflammation in the body and helping the person become healthier. So, um, so that was, that was kind of my experience with it. And then as I went through that, then, then I read, um, so then I was going through, going through school and started practicing and, you know, found, um, found there was, you know, there was more affecting patients health than just the food they ate. Right. right. And I came across, you know, the CDC mentions up to 80% of all doctor visits are caused by stress. And then, um, you know, medical textbooks will say somewhere between 60 and 75 or 60 and 80% of all diseases caused by stress. So you start looking around and it says, you know, what are, what are we doing as a system that's really addressing this on a normal visit, right? You've talked about kind of the 15 minute visits and yeah. that's sometimes generous. Sometimes they're just right. seven minute drive through exactly. visits, you know, and it's like, but the point is, there's not a lot of time to to look at, as you said, that individual person to see what's unique about them and what's really going on. So as I started, you know, diving into that kind of really wanted to understand how like the, so that 80%, so 60, 70, 80% of disease or doctor visits are caused by stress. But the question is how? And what effect does that have? And that was like a that was like a real spark and something I had to look in the mirror to say, okay, so how am I, what am I going to do about it? If I know this, so what is it going to mean? And that was kind of a change point for me. Yeah. And then the point of the way our healthcare system is set up, you know, knowing what we know that stress contributes to so many of these conditions, yeah. it's not really set up to address that because, of course, the patient isn't going to come in and tell you, hey, Dr. Jeff, it's, it's just my stress. Fix my stress. They're not going to yeah. tell you that. You know, yeah. <laughs> they're going to say, oh, my neck hurts, my back hurts. I'm not sleeping well. I'm gaining weight. I'm tired in the daytime. You know, they're going to have these other presentations for it. And then it's up to you to be able to narrow that down and be able to get to that root cause of what's going on and, and how to help them more appropriately. Because there's no, we have stress pills, but we know those aren't. So those have sure. their own yeah. set of problems. You know? Sure. <laughs> yeah. So it's so much more complex. Sure. Yeah. And I think one way, you know, one way I start with that with, with clients is just asking them, how long have you felt this way? What's been the condition? And, you know, if someone doesn't have high blood pressure, 
than they do, there's a change point, right? So something changed in the body at that point. Could be diet, could be lifestyle, could be stress, could be work-related, could be whatever it is. There's a change point. Every One of my rules is every effect has a cause. So if you look at the point of change, you can really see something there. And it's the same thing with, I started gaining weight three months ago, three years ago, two years ago. Good. Okay. So what was going on just before that time? And sometimes by looking at that change point, and then, and then you often have to educate the patient, like you're saying there, Dr. Shayla, it's like, so I'm not just looking for changes in diet, but any lifestyle changes, any change in job, any change in relationship, any right. change in, you know, a, an outside stressor, you know, any shocks that happen in your life around that time, you know, and you start really opening up the conversation and just allowing the patient to meet you as far down that road as they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, because, but there's a lot, um, because like I said, every effect has a cause. And if we don't only look at the cause of, you know, what changed diet wise or what changed medication wise, and we open up to some of that, sometimes the patients will bring us that answer. Oh yeah, actually just when that happened, this was going on. And that can be the doorway in to help them with that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's so important. If you're frustrated with your weight, taking more medications than you'd like to, have been told that you are at risk for the development of a chronic preventable disease, or just are not feeling in the best of health, then I'm talking to you. Why? Because you're tired of fat dieting. You know it's time for a change, and you want a sustainable plan to improve your health. If you have found yourself at this place in life, well, I have developed a program that's just for you. It's called The Essence of Health, and it's your prescription for transformation. My goal with this program is to give you the tools needed to create sustainable lifestyle changes within a group coaching setting, along with one-to-one individualized coaching to give you a personalized path to health that's just for you. The benefits are priceless, so join today. Head on over to eohcoaching.com to learn more. The essence of health is in you. And now, so what are some of the strategies or interventions that you have found that have shown promise in addressing that relationship between stress, trauma, and obesity? And then are there any effective treatments or prevention methods that you recommend? Great. Yeah. So one of the, one of the, one of the studies just to kind of connect it to that we talked about uh, the first time we talked was was that adverse childhood experiences study or the ACEs study, and basically where that came out of was there's a gentleman named Felitti and he worked for uh, Kaiser Permanente out in California, and uh, his job was to investigate uh, one of their weight loss clinics, which was in San Diego, and figure out why people were dropping out of the program. So this wasn't a weight loss clinic for somebody who wanted to lose five or 10 or 20 pounds. This was people who were minimum of 30, but 100, 200 pounds overweight. And his job was to figure out why they were dropping out. So he went down there and he interviewed 286 of the dropouts. And what he found as he was interviewing them was all of them were losing weight. <laughs> so then he he asked the question, so why? He asked the question himself and later to the those patients who were dropping out, he said, why are you dropping out if you're losing weight? And what he found is, you know, they said, doc, you don't understand. 
it's not about changing the diet or what we eat. It's the food is a mechanism to handle stress. Just like some people might use alcohol or some people might use other substances, we're using food to mask the stress. So he got curious at that point and then went to the CDC and did a larger study, which is the one called the ACEs study, which did over 17,000 people. And what they looked at is 10 different types of adverse childhood experiences. So that's where ACE stand, comes from. So things like physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, neglect, domestic violence, separation or divorce of parents, a family member who is incarcerated, um, and went through those types of stress. And what they found was if somebody had four of those stressors as a child compared to zero, the risk of um, alcoholism went up over 700%, a 200% increase in cancer, a 300% increase in obesity. Um, and in addition to that, and what was really amazing was up to a 400% a increase in emphysema. And the example I like to think of is whoever goes to their pulmonologist and says, I've got emphysema. And they're like, oh, tell me about your childhood. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. we talk about, and we talk about, so, and we talk about obesity owing up a 300, 400% increased risk. Um, and, you know, this has been replicated across cultures. It's been replicated in multiple countries. And it holds true for an increased risk of things like fetal death, illicit drug use. Um, also shows up with suicide, um, STDs, unintended pregnancy. So the more stress someone, the more stressful event someone has in childhood, the more it plays out across a whole variety of health outcomes. So your question is, what the heck do we do about it, right? Which is a really right. good question. And because of that, spent some time studying shocks and coaching and helping people through that. And, you know, one of the things I found is every, we all have certain amount of attention bits, you know, pieces of our attention. They can either be here in the present moment. They can be in the future on our goals and dreams on what's to happen next, or they can be stuck in the past, right? And where are they stuck in the past? This is those painful incidents, those shocks, those memories that keep coming up, mm -hmm. the, the things we don't want to think about, we try not to think about. And the more of that attention that is stuck in the past, the less of us that's here in the present moment. Right. The less of us that's here to have our, you know, have attention, the less of us, the less attention we have to put on our goals and dreams in the future. So what um, what I found helpful for these patients is to take them through a specific type of coaching process. We call it a shock handling process to go through that incident. And really what you're looking for in that incident or what you're looking for to help the patient do is is experience the parts they don't want to experience. Because it's the things that we resist that lock up our life force, if that makes sense. It's like, how much yeah. attention do we have trying not to feel the pain, the heartache, the frustration, right. the anger, whatever those mood levels are there. So working with them through that to remove the counter force, so I'll be able to feel those moods and emotions. And once you do that, instead of having the emotion here, the not the not wanting to feel the emotion. So like force, counterforce, tying up that attention, the counterforce can drop, the person can feel the emotion and it can release. So and there's quite noticeable signs you can see with someone as they as they do that. A, a simple example is it is that when, you know, if we know someone who's passed away, you know, it's they'll tell you sometimes you just got to get a good cry out. 
or it's better to go through the grief rather to feel it, to experience it. That's a small example of what you want to do. But the point is, it's that sensation that you get after talking to a good friend where you just like lay everything out mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like 10 pounds lighter after telling yeah, you this. Yeah, yeah. You got all that off your chest. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It could be a very physical sensation. You can feel lighter. It can feel like it's off your chest. You can feel release in your shoulders, but you can absolutely have a physical sensation from releasing that that stress. So that's what we're looking for as you work through that. We're looking for that that emotional release that translates into a, a physical release. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the ACES study because it, it is, it's it's groundbreaking, you know, just the number of things uh-huh. that, that we found that those childhood experiences are related to. And, yeah. you know, it's even one of those things where we, if you think about it, the those experiences that you did have in childhood will play a part in the decisions that you make in adulthood. You know, if you... Yeah. You always felt neglected or always felt that every time, you know, your parents didn't love you or what have you, you're going to have a hard time making those relationship connections and, you know, those uh, sort of decisions. And so it does. It plays such an important part there. Yeah. And that and that study goes through childhood adverse experiences. But what I what I found is um, I'm not sure it's much different if some of those painful shocks happen to you at six or 16, or 26, or 36, or Mm -hmm. 86, right? A shock is a shock is a shock, and those mechanics can happen the same way. So this study, the one we're talking about, looks specifically at childhood experiences, and I would just add to that, I don't see a huge difference. Um, The mechanics still seem the same, whether that shock happened at 17, or or 25, or later. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so... As a mindset coach, what tips would you have for someone challenged by life stressors and trauma and have found this to be impacting their health with the health condition like chronic obesity? So I'll give you I'll give you an example of a at a patient come in and her her goal on the first visit was to lose 70 pounds. That's what she was able to tell me. Her real goal, she told me like a year later, was actually to lose 100 pounds. But she was just kind of embarrassed to admit right. that's how much yeah. she wanted to and lose. And she probably had some fear that, you know, and self-doubt that she couldn't lose that. Or... Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So so I went through that question that we talked about earlier. So how, you know, when did you start losing, you know, or, you know, when did you gain the weight? You know, what weight do you want to get to? And kind of when were you last there? And kind of walking through a timeline of when that was. And one of the things, um, you know, Belidi talked about in that study is he said, People often don't like slowly gain weight. It often goes up and jumps, gain like 20, 30 pounds kind of quickly, and then it'll level off for a while and then kind of jump. And that's what hers did. So I asked, okay, so when was the last time you gained that, you know, when were those jumps? So I got the dates on those jumps and then asked her what happened in her life. And um, and then she started to cry <laughs> in the office as I was talking to her. And there was um, there's significant um, physical and emotional abuse from her partner at the time that came up right at that incident. And what we did was kind of work through that shock handling process with a specific goal of getting her to experience those, those stuck moods, stuck emotions and release that attention into the present. And, you know, through that, um, she was able to drop about 17 pounds in about two weeks. Right. And some of that was just, it was just sheer emotional weight she was carrying and just allowing the the system 
to return to stress. So it can happen and it can happen in different ways with different people. But that's but that idea of when exactly did it begin? So what someone could do is ask themselves that question, look at a timeline. You know, when did you start gaining the weight? What was going on around that time? And looking at that timeline and kind of seeing what that was. And it doesn't have to be an emotional stressor. Could be a change in diet, could be a change in lifestyle, could be I stopped exercising, could be I started drinking more beer, right? It certainly could be those things. But also, I think the point of this episode might be, but it doesn't have to be. Right. Right. We can also include spiritual, emotional, and mental health in this equation for obesity and take a look at, you know, broaden our horizons on exactly what could cause that and be able to include those in our choices of what may have started that process and then how you know, and then address it accordingly. Right, exactly. You know, one of the reasons why I even started doing this podcast was just to make people aware of that there are so many other things out there that, you know, we can put in our our toolbox, if you will, for, you know, handling health and wellness is like I, you know, said at the start of this, not a one size fits all. And there's so many alternatives and things that we can do. You know, meditation goes a long way. Um, I even prescribe for some people to tell them, go get acupuncture. You know, because it's going to do far more than I can write your prescription, but I'd rather you go get acupuncture to help heal what's going on right now. So there's just, you know, I do this podcast too, just to bring so much awareness to people like you too, and what you're doing that, that may be a little bit different out there uh, in the world that can be helpful to people. So Dr. Jeff, as an author, uh, tell us about your book, Timeless Youth, and how my audience can uh, learn more about it and grab a copy. Oh, that's great. Thank you, Dr. Uh, Shayla. So yeah, some of what we're talking about I, in that book, uh, the five timeless youth with the you in all caps, meaning the all healing begins with you. Um, and it's the five principles of transformational wellness and holistic healing. And what I do is walk through those principles. And what you, we've referenced a couple of them already. The first one um, I call the Model A principle, which is one size does not fit all, right? Which is kind of what you mentioned early on yeah. in the podcast. So I think that's, and then the question is, what does that mean? How do we apply that? And how can we use that to create health? I also get into chapters on stress and, um, you know, what I call the quantum principle, which is basically how energy um, affects our health and how non-physical, one of the, one of the, one of the issues is the allopathic medicine often prioritizes what can be touched, felt, or measured, right? If it shows up on a CT or an x-ray or blood work, easy to quantify, easy to treat. The only issue is um, there's a, a, you know, the intangible factors like the stress that we're talking about can be much more powerful if we include all of that than just looking at the tangible and what can be measured. So we go through that. We have a chapter on stress and we have some processes um, or we outline the processes and the steps more about what we talked about here of what someone can do to understand the mechanics of what's going on so they can be empowered and take some next steps around that. So that book is is Timeless Youth. It's available uh, pretty much anywhere books are sold. So it's it's on Amazon. Uh, you can find it through, through our website or if you have a favorite local bookseller, you can go there and they can order a copy and uh, and have it for you. And um, just a couple months ago, it came out in Spanish. So ah, awesome. if you are listening in English, but you prefer to read in Spanish, Tu Eterna Juventud, uh, you can, you can uh, find that one as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Dr. Jeff. Do you have a social media handle that my audience can connect with you? Yeah, probably the easiest way is just uh, find me on Instagram. And it's uh, just my name, Jeff Crippen, J-E-F-F-C-R-I-P-P-E-N. 
you can find me there. And if you have any questions, you can message me and I'll message you. Be happy to get back to you with any any questions or if you read the book or listen to the podcast and, and want to go a little deeper on that, I'm I'm there to there to answer those questions. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on the Essence of Health Tea Time Podcast. Click the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform so that you never miss a moment of the Essence of Health Tea Time Podcast. Check out the show notes to obtain your free tips for healthy living guide to get you started on your health and wellness path. Follow me on social media at Essence of Health Wellness Clinic on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and at dr.tw at eohwc on TikTok. Interested in becoming a member of the Essence of Health Coaching Program? Well, head on over to www.eohcoaching.com. The essence of health is in you.